Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hi, this is Charles Kelly. How are you doing? Good to see you today. Uh, I'm sorry to talk about the weather again, but it's blazing hot today. And then, then the rain come. One time in my car, it was measuring 44 degrees on my car thermometer. Then, it, then there was a thunderstorm and it went down to 27 in, in like a few minutes. So we, we've got a bit of uh, cooler weather today. So, so that's good. Now, I've always wanted to be one of those news readers that come on the news and said, it's official. The economy is, well... It's official now. The economy is not, but it's in recession. Uh, And this is because although we all know we're in recession, uh, we we now have two consecutive quarters of negative uh, growth uh, and where the economy is shrinking. Therefore, that's the official uh, time when it comes into into what we we call recession. And it actually shrunk in from April to June by 20 percent, which uh, puts us in. Uh, almost the, the worst country in, in Europe, apart from Spain, certainly worse than America, which didn't, which only shrank by about 10%. And it did bounce back again in June. Uh, so so that, that was a bit of good news. It grew by 8.7% as, as shops reopened, as hotels reopened and, and this sort of thing. But, you know, a 20% drop is what the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, said is unprecedented in, in you know, in our history. Uh, so it, it is bad. And the number of people losing their jobs is, is you know, they, they talk about figures. I hear different figures from different uh, organizations, but uh, up to 750,000 we could be talking about. Uh, the number of people who uh, in work in the UK fell just in the last quarter by nearly a quarter of a million. And, uh, you know, it, it's we're seeing through the, these figures that, uh, the, the economy is, is is slowing further as we see more benefit claimants coming online. Uh, over a, uh, a number of benefit claimants rose by a million. I mean, rose by a million. And you know, it wasn't at the end of last year we had a million people unemployed and we're in record numbers of employment. And now you know we've got another million just like that. We're nearly up to three million now, which gets us back to those bad recessions of of the eighties. So it, it is uh, not looking good and more companies are planning on further redundancies big companies i heard of royal bank of scotland rbs which runs all the NatWest branches they're 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 announcing well they said 500 today but i understand it could be thousands uh, as they said customer needs are changing in other words we're shutting down branches because customer needs are changing you know every time you walk in there the staff are saying go online do this do that we'll show you how to do this it's like they're really trying hard to get rid of their branches and stop talking to people. I, I just don't understand why they, they want to put everyone out there in the cloud. And that means that bank would just be like everybody else. It would just be like a, a challenger bank. I, I can't understand why they want to close down so many branches. And and also the fact that they, uh, because we're, we've been pushed into a situation where we're having to use the banks for everything, uh, that... The bank should be there as a service. It should be there to serve, especially these rural communities. Uh, but it looks like we've been pushed into getting out of cash altogether. 
And, you know, in my lifetime, uh, my parents didn't use banks. They got paid in cash. They spent in cash. They paid their bills in cash, even uh, their mortgage. They went to the the building site and paid it over the counter. And and, and my, my mother used to like it that way. She could see in the book as it was written in, if you save money in a savings account, we had savings accounts. Uh, It was written in by hand in a book and you kind of, that was your record. And in fact, when one of the mortgage companies she was dealing with uh, disputed her her mortgage payments and balance, it was the book that saved her because she was able to go and say, no, I paid this, this and this. And then they said, oh yes, we found it. Uh, So so that book helped. And, you know, for years they, they, they just never had a bank account. They had Savings accounts. I was marched down when I was eight or nine to open up a post office savings account. That was one of those ones where they wrote it in a book and the post office became the national savings, which now offer the best rates uh, you can find anywhere, I think, for, for guaranteed bank rates. And, you know, but they got by without that. And as I said, everybody was paid in cash. If you look back at some of the old uh, films and TV series from the 70s, the big crime was a wages snatch. But there's a wages snatch on where they'd go and, and, you know, grab the wages van on the way to the factory gate and, and take all the cash. Uh, but that doesn't happen now, does it? Because we, we everyone is paid through the bank now. Even benefits claimants uh, and, and housing managers is paid through into people's banks. And, and now it looks like a lot of businesses won't will no longer want to accept cash because they say, oh, the, it's got coronavirus. Well, I don't believe that. But there's something nice about having cash in your pocket, in your wallet. Uh, you know, when you go abroad, it, you still need cash in a lot of countries that don't like credit cards. And it, it's just nice to have cash uh, sitting there. It, you feel like it's yours, whereas the numbers in a, on a bank or on a screen doesn't feel like it's yours. And in fact, there's 24 billion pounds worth of 10 pound notes, 20 pound and five pound notes that are kept. They're out of circulation. People have hung on to them. Uh, uh, I don't know why, because some of these notes eventually go out of uh, circulation. They keep they have to keep changing the notes just to combat fraudsters who forge them. So some of these notes have actually gone out of, of circulation. You have to go to the Bank of England, I think, to change them. But still, people seem to like cash. Now, the price of gold has gone up beyond 2000, uh, which means that a lot of people don't trust the system. They don't trust shares uh, and they don't trust cash. So they're putting the money into gold because they feel that gold holds its value. And, and you know, the Chinese love gold as well. In, in China, very little gold actually leaves China. They, they buy up a lot of gold. It's considered, you know, apart from the jewelry factor and the nice thing to have, it's something that's considered to hold its value over years and centuries, uh, unlike paper money, which generally is devalued. And and with paper money being printed at an alarming rate, trillions of dollars and pounds have been printed of paper money. That means that with the small money in circulation, obviously the, the value of the, the, the pound in your pocket uh, and the dollar in your pocket is, is diminished because there's more money around. There's more money in circulation. And certainly, you know, if you look back in your lifetime, you'll see that you know, if you had a £10 or £20 or a £50 note, you know that what that bought when you were you know, 20 years ago or when you were a child is not the same as it buys now. But in theory, if you'd use that money to, to buy a gold coin of some description, then that gold coin should have the same value as it does today, as it did in those days. Um, 
whether that's true or not depends on whether you when you bought the gold what you paid for the gold uh, it doesn't mean that a gold ring which is jewelry and has manufacturing costs necessarily uh, holds its value but gold coins generally do but sometimes gold goes down you have to have a warning with this that you know people might be panicking at the moment to buy gold and it goes above 2000 it might come down and i see a lot of experts on the internet saying you know gold is going to go to ten thousand dollars and then you, you sort of look at who these people are and in fact they work for a company what do you guess what selling gold a gold bullying company and they seem to be talking up the price of gold uh silver's another one uh silver's you know the the, the poor relation of gold but they say that silver is going up quite fast i bought some silver about a year ago and according to the the records on online silver went up by 52 percent uh in price and yet the, the price that i could sell that gold back to the company i bought it from one of these bullion direct companies was actually less than i paid for it how do you work that out i'll say it again i bought some silver and today if i went back to them they would give me less than I paid for it. And yet the price of silver has gone up by 52%. So that means that there's a lot of profit there. There's a lot of mar margin markup and there's manufacturing cost. So if you're going to buy metals and you want, say, a coin, uh, because gold is 70 times the value or roughly of silver and, and costs the same amount to manufacture, you might as well have a gold coin if you just want to hang on to a coin. It could be a a one ounce coin, which would cost you 14, 1500 pounds. It could be a sovereign coin, which is a smaller amount. Not quite, I, I can't remember what the exact weight is, but you can buy smaller uh, denominations of coins. But obviously the, uh, the smaller you buy, then the less profit there is or the, the more markup there is because there's manufacturing costs on a smaller value of coin. But I'm not suggesting you go out and buy gold, but it, it's not a bad thing to hold. But you know, it's not guaranteed that it always goes up and, and it fluctuates quite a lot. Um, what else do you put your money into? If you put your money into shares, I think shares are overvalued. Um, I, I, I think bonds, if you put your money into bonds, the rates, the interest rates you get on them are so low that it's not worth it. Some bonds are negative rates. You have to pay the government to, to hold your bonds. And some uh, uh, accounts are, are paying so little now that it's not worth. National savings is one you could look at. There's some good rates paid on national savings. This used to be the post office savings bank. They're now national savings. And this is because the government wants to raise money. So they're paying higher rates so that the public go in there and buy these savings accounts or bonds. And, there were, you know, you can get, I did a, I did a session on this about, about a week ago. So have a look on my Facebook page, Money Tips Daily Community or on, or on uh, moneytipsdaily.com and you you can see the the episode but if you want something that's just safe and secure then that that's a good place to have it uh, because the government you know is not going to go under they can always pay out this money uh, so but that's that's more of a savings account rather than investment as for investments um, I, I think I'm happy to sit in cash for a while even though in the long term the cash is devalued but I'm happy to sit in cash and wait for the stock market to go down, which I think it will again, and, and the property market to go down, which I think it will again. Now, you might say, hold on a second. There's already a boom in property at the moment. Properties are booming after the lockdown. Well, yes, that's true. But I think properties are booming, A, because of the uh, pent-up demand, B, because uh, of the stamp duty cut by Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor. He's, he's halved the, the stamp duty, more or less, uh, 
until March next year, the stamp duty holiday, as they call it. And that's another reason why people say, oh, we might as well go and buy now. It could save us five, ten thousand pounds in this obscene tax called stamp duty, which is the ripoff of the century. Um, and that's the B. But the C is that there's not many properties on the market. A lot of people are holding back from selling because they, they perhaps think they won't get a good price. So there is a bit of a shortage of property. And and that's why I think this, this little mini boom could be short lived. And the, another reason I think that is because when this furlough scheme comes to an end in the autumn and starts being phased out and employers are left to say, well, look, we can't leave people sitting at home now. So we've either got to put up or shut up. We've either got to take them back in, 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 in house and pay them or we let them go. And I think a lot of employers will decide uh, the, the latter to, to let them to let them go because uh, things are changing. You know, the ways of working are changing. I don't think they're going back again. I think that the coronavirus epidemic has brought in a, a change two, three, four years faster than it would have happened otherwise. We see uh, big offices uh, not occupied now. They're sending people to back to work at home. They've suddenly found the technology very quickly to allow people to work from home. A lot of people prefer to work from home. They don't want to go on, on the train into work. Not everybody. Some people like working and going to work and meeting people and the social aspect of it. But I think things have changed for uh, the longer term. And I think there'll be less employment opportunities, less jobs around for, for a long time to come. Uh, the government said they will spend money on uh, you know, generating new jobs, but they can only do that with the, with the help of employers. And you know, I'll, give you an, I'll give you an example. If, if all the city centres uh, have less people in them because less people are going into the city centres to work, What's going to happen? All those people that went in the city centre, like if you go into the city of London, at lunchtime, it's teeming with people going into cafes and bars and restaurants and shops. They're going out doing a bit of lunchtime shopping. Uh, the city now is like the West End. There's so many little shops there uh, for people to, and they built shopping malls in the city of London, in the financial district, a few hundred yards from the bank, Bank of England. And, you know, if, if you know, 10 or 20% of those workers are now put out to work at home, that's going to be a dramatic drop in business for those uh, shops and, and offices, uh, so, not offices, but shops and other biz, uh, premises like restaurants and cafes and coffee bars that, that feed off of those people that go into work. Um, you know, if you go in, in the suburbs, usually at lunchtime, it's pretty quiet. There's a few people milling about, a, f a few mums, a few, but now that, you know, that could change, you know, that could, you could have more people milling around in the suburb, but it's not the same as being at work because if you're at home, you can make a coffee at home. You don't need to go out to Starbucks, but when you're at work, you want to go out to Starbucks. You want that social aspect of going into Starbucks. Let's meet at Starbucks. Let's meet at pret a Let's go for, for coffee. Let's go for lunch. You know, if that stops and, and we're seeing evidence on the news every day that many uh, businesses and pubs, for instance, uh, pubs in particular, are really suffering from, from the lack of trade. So that's hundreds of thousands of jobs there. Travel industry is another one. I think that will take a long time to recover uh, for people to be confident about getting on a on a metal box with, with 300 other people sat like this, three in, three to a row. I, I'm going to do it this year. I'm not going to do it until I'm, I'm really confident that things are okay. So that's why I think if, if jobs go down, uh, people are not going to be out going out and buying so many properties. That that's what I think will happen. However, in the long run, I think property is still a good investment. I, I think in the long term, properties will still be a good investment because there's always a need for property. People need to live somewhere, and there's not enough places for people to live 
as, as a whole in the country. There's still a shortage of uh, property. And in fact, the government is, is, is introducing new legislation to allow uh, new homes to be built faster. At the moment, it's taken five to 10 years. And that, that is ridiculous. And I've sat on a planning committee in a council. I was a councillor, so I know how these things work. It just takes so long. It's honestly, you know, they raise a query. It goes back to the developer. They take an, you know, they answer it and it goes to the back of the queue and it's months before it's answered again. Uh, and that's before they've had the surveys for bats and, and newts and, and this sort of thing. And that's before they've had uh, different consultations. And on the big development, it's not just like, applying for planning permission for an extension that, you know, there's a lot of uh, pre-work that goes into these things and it does take five to 10 years. The planning officers told me, said, well, this development of course won't be built for another 10 years. And these are like new, new developments for, for, for thousands of people that will need housing just in that borough. So that, that's what's going to happen. But I think there's, they, they say they need to build 200,000 homes a year. It's not happening. It won't be happening for several years. So there will still be a demand for property, especially as the economy eventually does pick up. So that's why I like property. Um, even if it's not going up in value all the time, as we've come to expect, at least you're getting uh, an income from it. You're getting rent, just like a share. If you buy a share in a good company, if you researched it and you know that that company is good and you can buy it at the right price, uh, maybe if the market, you know, during a market crash and you've researched that company, then, you know, it, the price of the share is is almost immature. You'll still get dividends for those company from those companies. You'll get years and years of dividends, as as the likes of say Warren Buffett has done. He's bought good shares in steady companies. You know your Coca Colas, your um, McDonald's, and companies like that. Steady companies, uh, rail freight companies, these uh, evergreen companies, and they get dividends every year, every year, and the value over time goes up. So that's why I like property. And, you know, if you're interested in property, but you want to get into it, but you don't feel you have enough money to do so, there's actually a seminar. It may have started already tonight. And I think there might be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. There might be one on tomorrow, but certainly it, it's um, it, maybe it's the last night. So ch just check that out at the bottom of the page here. Um, I think it is the last night. Uh, check that out. It's, it's a no money down property seminar where you can learn uh, the tricks of the trade, how to get into property without using your own money how to, to use strategies that don't require you to actually buy the property. You can control the property and make money from property and build a business around property without necessarily having big deposits for buy-to-let properties. So have a look at that at the bottom of the page. So thanks for listening. Uh, I'm going to go and cool down now. Uh, it's still very humid here in, in London. So wherever you are, have a great evening and thanks for listening. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 